Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Continuing chats with our Central Division frenemies, and today we got Robin from Locked On, as our own Terry Crisp would say, Coyotes. Robin, thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's good to be on. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be uh, talking with you. Um, we were saying off the air that I got a chance to talk with Anne a couple of times, but yeah, not with you. So it's glad to be here. Yeah. Well, I wish we could start off on a cheery note, a jovial note, but I, I kind of have a bone to pick with you and your team. Uh, so end of April, there was a game. Um, we went up for nothing. We just wanted to be a nice, easy thing, you know, send the crowd home, you know, early, uh, everybody kind of gets to kick back and knock off work a little bit early. Just nice, nice, easy game. Uh, and you guys took advantage of our, you know, our, our hospitality, our good offer and decided to come back and win the game five, four and, kind of ruined the rest of our season so so my question for you is what did we do like what did we ever do to the coyotes that you guys keep sort of ruining the predators fun here over the past few years what did we do to you <laughs> you know i don't know if I, I i can really answer that question i think the coyotes just they just play well against the predators in some on some occasions on those weird games in which yeah. like matters not necessarily matters for the coyotes but it matters for the friends um obviously there are some games that matter for both um obviously i can look back to some postseason games in the last you know decade but yeah well we don't you don't you don't need to do that either <laughs> yeah it's like i feel like we like kind of maybe pissed off Oleg Tiburdovsky and some lower Broadway bar back in 2000 or something like that. And there's just been a grudge ever since or who like Nikolai Javi Bullen got bad hot chicken. I don't know. There, there seems to be some sort of long-standing grudge there for the uh, coyotes end towards us. Um, let's, let's talk hockey. So, you know, obviously you're, you're host of the coyotes. You're a big fan of the coyotes, you know, obviously the big elephant this year is the arena situation you know you guys right. are playing at arizona state um you know that's that's been much talked about in all corners of the hockey fan base now that we're closer to the season what where, where does that stand with the fans are fans starting to embrace a little bit is it still like oh my god what is this so there's a mix on this side, uh, um, over here in Arizona, on the on the feelings here, there's a lot of people that are excited for it. You know, it's you know it you know yeah, of course it's a small arena, but it's intimate. You know, so you're gonna have a lot of people there. You're gonna you know it's gonna be absolutely packed. All these fans are gonna be the diehard fans, those who are willing to spend the money because the prices are out. They're expensive tickets, um, yeah. so these guys are gonna be diehard fans, the ones who are willing to spend that money, um, and. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be loud, and it's going to be unique. You, very rarely are players going to say, like, "Hey, I played in the barn this small that's packed with you know lots of loyal hockey fans in Arizona." Um, of course, and the downside is it's so damn expensive that you are turning away a decent amount of fans. Yeah, and I think I think you said tickets were actually like 
up or at least ticket revenue was up this year. I think the Coyotes mm-hmm. came out and said that. So yeah, the uh, uh, season ticket revenue was higher than it was last year, and I think it's like like yeah, it's pretty damn high this this upcoming year, and it makes sense. Yeah. You know, obviously the price of the tickets are higher because the demand is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the demand is higher and the supply is lower. Um, that's how it works. And then the I, I think in general, the other aspect of it. In, this, in general, the demand being higher as well is the fact that, and I've been saying this on, among, on many shows as possible to kind of, you know, put that out there and let people know they are officially on the right side of the valley. The west side of the valley where Glendale was, there was nothing there. I mean, obviously there was, you know, there's the there's the uh, Arizona Cardinals play that play right, you know, right next to there. Mm-hmm. There was a decent amount of stuff to do in Glendale. But the majority of the population in Arizona, in the valley in the phoenix area is in the east side of the valley scottsdale mesa gilbert um you know chandler all that area that in tempe of course because that's where they, they're playing and that that's where all the fans are so yeah. like out, no, no fan on us on a freaking wednesday night one wanted to go to glendale to watch a team that sucked but yeah. now they're here in the west in the east valley it makes more sense so people are going to be willing to go to the games a lot more yeah, it, it does seem a little bit more accessible and it does seem like, you know, maybe there's a shift back towards putting closer to the fans. I know um, it, it sounds like there's a push to build an arena long term in Tempe. Um, I, I hope it does, because, you know, obviously Nashville fans, we went through our own relocation scare back in you know 2007. Uh, a lot of people didn't think hockey was working in Nashville at the time, wanted to see us move. And you, you saw what happened, you know, when the, they invested on the team on the ice, when they started, you know, marketing better, when some of these people who went to games as kids, you know, nine, 10 year olds back in season one, you know, 15 years later, they're adults putting their money and bringing their kids to games. And it just seems like there needs to be some time to grow. And I hope that, you know, is what happens for you guys out in the desert, because, you know, I remember back in, you know, early 2000 or early or early 2000s, late 90s, you know, like Keith Kachuk, Jeremy Roenick, Rick Tockett, like the Coyotes were fun. And there were always so like wild amount of crowds there and, you know, the whiteouts during the playoffs. And it was just fun to watch. So, you know, it's I would love to see the Coyotes kind of come back, have that same energy and really, you know, kind of come back with a force. And that's the hope, you know, that's the hope. Um, obviously, the arena that they're trying to build in Tempe is absolutely beautiful. If um, none of your listeners have seen the renderings, you can I mean, you can easily check it out. I think it's like coyotesintempe.com or something like that. You can see the renderings. Absolutely freaking gorgeous development they're trying to put up. And um, that loss bit solidifies them in the Valley for 30 years if it gets built. Um, and that that that's already a good thing on, on that side. Uh, two... The way that Bill Armstrong is building this team, obviously, right now, you know, this year they're going to suck, but yeah. the way they're built, the way they're building this team is going to be pretty cool. Because um, look at their recent draft picks: Dylan Gunther, who has, you know, been making a name for himself in juniors; Logan Cooley, you know, uh, out of this last draft, one of the best American players drafted in this last in this previous draft. Um, Connor and Connor Geeky. Um, obviously, uh, drafting the son of Shane Doan and Josh Doan, who's currently playing at Arizona State. 
like the like obviously Josh Jones a little, to a little bit of a lesser extent, but those player those other three players I named, those are future superstars for the Coyotes, and you have Clayton Keller who might eventually be the future captain or Lawson Krause, one of those players. Like this is going to be a team that's going to be exciting in a few years' time, and of course, you know, there's a joke that we're going to say Austin Matthews is going to come home <laughs> because you know Scottsdale kid might as well. Yeah, these he's uh, the t- going to be the 2024-25 version of uh, John Tavares going to Toronto. It all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned it. I actually love what the Coyotes have been doing, and, and like you mentioned, I don't think anybody really has high expectations for them this year, but they are building something cool. And there's a lot of really good young players in there. Um, Dylan Genther, when me and Ann did a show last week, I picked him as one of my central division breakout candidates. If he makes the team this year, and that might be kind of an exciting thing to watch. She said Lawson Krause. She picks another big year for him. Um, Who are a couple of other players that, you know, maybe, you know, with some of the veterans gone, maybe either ready to take that next step or kind of really break into the spotlight this season. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say um, um, uh, JJ Mosier, defenseman. Uh, He was drafted in this uh, 2021 draft. I was an overager Um, and he, he started the year in Tucson and then because of how injured the Arizona Coyotes defense was, Mosier gets called up and instantly uh, surpasses some of the other defensemen. It's like, like that got called up. It's like, oh yeah, uh, you know, Cam Deneen's like, okay, well, we can send him down. Dyson Mayo, we can send him back down. Kyle Keppel Bianco was up, was sitting there and got surpassed by JJ Mosier. And Keppel Bianco was the guy who had a lot more hopes. Um, and of course, now he's left over playing for you know another division rival in in Winnipeg. Um, but JJ Mosier is going to be awesome. Like I saw him play last year because I have lived in Tucson for the last seven years now I'm in the Valley in Mesa and he looks good. And I'm so excited to see what he's going to bring up. Yeah. And there's other guys too. I love, I was a big uh, Shane Gostaspear fan back in the day when uh, he was with union. And I was glad to see him um, have a big bounce back year last year. I love to see it. Um, The other guy I have to ask about is Jacob Chikrin. Uh, It seems like he has been the center of trade rumors for, God, what year is it? Twenty, yeah, for at least like three, four years now. It seems like even mm-hmm. since he broke into the league, it's kind of been a matter of if. Um, obviously, the Coyotes control his contract. What's his future? Do you see a move happening anytime soon, or is this going to be a situation where okay, we're going to hold on to him unless somebody absolutely blows us away with an offer, um, and then we'll see where he is in his free agent year. Yeah, that's. Um... It seems to be the idea that they're holding on to him for now. Uh, there was the there was the idea that was pushed forward uh, before the draft. It's like, okay, if he does not get traded before the draft, then we don't see him getting traded before um, before training camp. And if that doesn't happen, then he will stay on the team until at least the trade deadline. Um, when by then, you know, who knows? Because the Coyotes could be going through a whole different direction. Maybe the value goes down, maybe whatever. Um, but the Coyotes are playing ransom on his, on, on, on his value. Like, I think they, ha- they have a set value of what they want, and no team has met that expectation. Um, eventually, someone will. And I'm pretty sure I think that's what their hope is. Someone will eventually bend and will be like, okay, we will, we'll take this deal. Um, 
because that's what the Coyotes need. Obviously, yeah, it would suck to see Jacob Trippin go, but with the future, I mean, their defense right now is like obviously not a lot now, but in a few years now, it's going to be stacked. They've got a lot of people down there. Um, and of course, they're the rest of the team, like we mentioned, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz and Lawson Kraus and all those guys, like it's, it, it, it's, it's about time that we figure something out with them. Who knows what's going to happen, though? <laughs> it's just like, we don't know. <laughs> welcome welcome to the NHL where uh, the trade circles and trade winds shift every uh, every couple of weeks, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of, we had kind of our own uh, trade scare with Philip Forsberg. Um, he's now part of our team, so I know uh, your Coyotes listeners probably want to hear a little bit about that. I also want to get your take on uh, some, some bold predictions for the Coyotes this year. Uh, but first, though, I want to take a second and mention today's show, Brian. Brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football developments, both NFL and college, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this week's slate of games. Uh, Bet Online is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, everything from live betting, esports, and scores. They just put to out a bunch of futures on this year's NHL season. So if you want to check that out, go for it. Uh, BetOnline.net is also the fastest and easiest way to check in on your favorite scores, events, MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, whatever you have. Go check it out. You can uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and happening right now bet online where the game starts all right robin i know your listeners are probably uh itching to hear some info on the preds this year it's another uh, central division rival so so what do you got um i think a couple things and i think you mentioned um you mentioned right you know right before right before the break talking about for like forest bird and i was looking at looking at his contract too how does that like? How, how does that work? I mean, that's he's getting paid a lot of money, right? That's, um, you know, how has he done? Like, you know, been in the last couple of years, and um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to know that. Well, uh, obviously, on ice last year was pretty great for Philip Forsberg. Uh, Eighty four points was his career high, um, and then the, the whole saga with his contract is now in the books. So that's another great thing for him and for Preds fans going into this season. You know, I think, you know, obviously the contract situation played out how it did. You know, I think it was like a week before unrestricted free agency open is when all of it kind of uh, came to a head and the deal was finally done. But it didn't really feel like there was a sense of Philip Forsberg's going on the open market. Um, You know, it, it kind of more felt of a situation like, you know, he wants to stay here. The Preds want him to stay here. Let's just figure out what the contract situation is going to be like. You know, it's not like Johnny Gaudreau where he wanted to play closer to home. It's not like Ryan Suter um, 10 years ago where it just felt like he kind of wasn't all in on where the Preds were at the time. It seemed like Forsberg was all in, wanted to be part of this team. Um, and, and so they got that done. And then, you know, obviously he signs the deal he did uh, 8.5 million a year for eight years. So that whole thing he did last year where he put up the career high numbers, he's now going to be expected to do that again and again and again for the next handful of seasons throughout his prime. So that's going to be the big question mark is can he handle that extra expectation, that extra responsibility? 
Yeah, the uh, that you know that's always been a big question when it comes to big contracts like that, you know, and that's you know, um, you know, when for example when Clayton Keller got his contract, didn't meet it for a second, then you know, obviously different changes, and he does. Um, a couple other ones I w- I'm actually looking at too, and I'm looking actually back down on cat friendly, looking back at non roster. I get reminded of the fact that the Nashville Predators drafted Joachim Kemmel, um, and um, I have to ask about him and maybe like like if you've seen anything about him because like he was one of the top 10 prospects in, um, in this pre- previous draft. So obviously there was some name around it. Um, not, not so much with the Coyotes, but still his name carries a lot of weight. Yeah, uh, I think we were just as surprised that Kemmel is where he uh, is wound up with us as I think everybody else in the NHL is surprised. I mean, um, you know, our buddy Eric Denae, if you haven't checked out his work, it's on the future OTF on Twitter. One of the best prospects writers around the NHL period. So check out his work. He had Kemmel in his top 10. Like he and a lot of other scouts did too. So it was surprising that he fell to us, but I'm glad he did. He's, he's playing overseas right now. Um, good start in, in Sweden. He was very impressive uh, when the Predators had their development camp earlier this summer. Obviously he's not taking part in rookie camp, but uh, he, he's off to a strong start overseas in Sweden. And, you know, he's got a good shot. He's got good speed. Um I think that the thing is that Preds fans are just going to have to have a little bit of patience. You know, he's, I think a lot of people kind of see, you know, his, his shot ability, a lot of his offensive skills, a lot of his speed and think this is a guy that's going to be like, you know, maybe an instant contributor end of this year, next year. I, I, I don't see that. I think he's going to probably be in Sweden this year and next year and probably isn't going to come over here till he's 20. Um, but but so far, what we've seen from him has been very, very positive. And uh, the Preds definitely got another blue chipper in the prospect line. Uh, who else from the team that um, should the should we pay attention to on the, the potential breakout candidates for, for, for Nashville? Because like there are you now like, some names I recognize, but also like it's it definitely seems like, you know, some some guys are new to the roster. Yeah. One guy I think everybody should watch out for um, is Phil Tomasino. Uh, this was the Predators first round pick back in 2019. Um, he the, that was the big storyline in last season's training camp was was he going to make the team? He did. The big question was, was he going to stay on the team? Um, he did, and he really got better as the season went along, even though he was kind of buried on the third and fourth line last year, whenever he was on the ice, it just seemed like his line was always firing on all cylinders. I mean, he he made Michael McCarron and Matt Luff look like top line wingers when they were on the ice with Phil Tomasino this year, Tomasino's um, added a little bit of weight, added a little bit of strength. He's probably going to wind up in the predators top six. If I had to guess. And if he did, this is somebody who went on a tear at the end of last year, quietly wound up with 30 plus points. This is a guy that I think can break through, maybe have a 60 point season this year and really kind of, put himself in the upper echelon of good top six wingers in another year or so. So I'd have say that the big one is Phil Tomasino. That's somebody that I would say, look out for. Absolutely. Um, then there's not really much, much else you got to do. Um, I have on 
my list. I'm trying to think. I'm try, trying to see um, what else is on here. But let me let me uh, let me add another a breakout candidate for you. And this is a guy that I think broke out last year. He actually wound up on the NHL's All Rookie Defense Team as a 25 year old. Which that's a different topic for another day. Uh, Alexander Carrier. This was a guy. He was drafted. Um, all the way back in 2015, made his NHL debut before the Predators even made the Stanley Cup playoff or the Stanley Cup finals. So this is a guy who has been around the organization for a while, didn't really get his first chance to break through until last season, lockout short year. Last year was his last full-time or his first full-time year with the team. Uh, and he wound up being a very impressive defenseman, played 20 minutes a night. Um, and I think he showed some uh, glimpses of offensive skill, very good puck mover. And I think now that he's surrounded by a little bit more talent, especially in the Preds' middle six, and especially with the addition of Ryan McDonough on the blue line, I think he is going to be um, somebody who takes his game even further this year. Maybe not unlike Devin Tays did last year for the Colorado Avalanche. Kind of becomes the next really strong number two guy. Absolutely. Another one, another last question that I want to ask, and it's more of just like a gen, you know generalized question regarding you know you know players, and it's a regarding a and now a minor league player, mm-hmm. um, Luke Prokop. Yeah. What can we say about him? Because obviously, you know, there, you know, there was there was a lot of, you know, um, news around him and you know, in, in his coming out, and I'm, which is absolutely awesome. Um, is he set to play for? Uh, is it Milwaukee? I would assume he's with Milwaukee. Um, he does have the option to go back to juniors, uh, just because of his age situation and all that. But talking to Eric Dene and, and kind of the vibe you get around the Preds, uh, he doesn't have a lot left to prove in junior. So it would be mildly surprised if he doesn't play in Milwaukee this year. Um, obviously, we, we celebrated Luke Prokop a lot last year, both for his coming out and really – after he did that, he had such a great breakthrough season. It was mm-hmm. something great to see, something great to celebrate. Um, now it's, you know, for, for lack of a better term, it's now he's kind of just got to become a normal player. You know, he's he's got the sort of aura around him as, as the first openly gay player uh, to be part of an NHL team, which is, you know, great. Something he's going to kind of be in the history books for for a long time. But it's also, you know, you also have to play hockey and that's going to kind of be the big thing is, you know, he had, that's the spotlight on him all of last year. Now can he kind of, I don't want to say turn it off, but you know, can he kind of transition that into just being a, a good NHL player, not, the gay NHL player, just a really good NHL player. And that's going to be the big challenge for him. Um, He has impressed everywhere he's been so far this year, both in development camp and he's looked strong in the rookie showcase so far uh, playing alongside Spencer Stastny. So that is going to be something that we watch out for. He's going to probably get a crack at Milwaukee this year, probably somewhere on the bottom two lines, but uh, I would definitely say his ceiling has risen based on his performance over the last year. Awesome. Good to know. 
and that's just about all the questions I have for Nashville. Yeah. Uh, well, if you uh, if you're not done with us quite yet. Uh, and you want to have more hockey, go and make your second lesson of the day locked on NHL. Our locked on experts give you a daily 30 minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30 minute NHL podcast. Uh, Robin, before we go, uh, I want one bold take from you on the Arizona Coyotes this year. It can be a player, can be where you think they'll finish. Uh, just a crazy something that you think is going to happen. What's what's a bold prediction you have for this upcoming season? You know, I'm going to make the same prediction I made last year, except I think this year there's a higher chance of it actually happening. Okay. And that's the Arizona Coyotes will win the tank hard for Bedard sweepstakes. All right. <laughs> They're going to get Connor Bedard. That's uh yeah, if if that happens, I, I can see the fortunes changing in Arizona very, mm-hmm. very fast. Um I I you can rake this tank. I don't think the coyotes are going to finish last in the central. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I think I think I mean I did, did I say they're gonna I didn't say they were gonna finish last, I said they're gonna win when the uh oh no i mean two different things because let's be real like chicago is gonna be bad yeah and look they we know what they can do when they want to win a stanley cup just think of what they do when they want to suck very very badly they are they are doing all the right moves this offseason to make that happen but oh yeah but but no, I mean I, I think I like I said before I like the way this Coyotes team is built. Obviously, you're not going to be great this year, but I do like the kind of the young talent on the team. I, I like kind of the wily mix of veterans in there. You know, wily because you're the Coyotes. Yeah. Uh, like, I like Gosh Despair. I love the addition of Patrick Nemeth. Uh, as a closet Red Wings fan, I, I loved him back in Detroit. You know, Clayton Keller, I think, is one of the more underrated players in the NHL. And I just think there, there's something there. Like, there's enough of a young talent that I think, like, you know, I, I think you guys can kind of be that fringe team that goes out and sort of surprises a few teams this year. You know, on a, oh, yeah. on a zany Saturday night, you like knock off Tampa, knock off Colorado, take them by surprise. I get that vibe from you guys this year. I mean, they did a little bit of that last year. Yeah. Like, even though they ended up finishing second to last in the league, um, they like there were a couple games in which like your goaltender Corelve Melker would have like a four fifty save and they would go ahead and beat the Toronto Maple Leafs one to nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, it just came out of nowhere. It's like, what? where did this yeah. come from? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was the vibe. Like, it brought back, um, you know, the first five years of Preds hockey, I remember, when it was like, we would suck for weeks and then somehow go out and beat the Red Wings, like, six to one or something like that. Just an absolutely out of nowhere game. Yeah. And, like, I think the the idea like I, I, a lot of people were saying that this team won't be as bad as last year's team which is a which is good because last that was hard emotionally mentally physically that was just hard to watch the coyotes last year i'm not saying it's not gonna be hard this year for the coyotes fans listening but it's still gonna be hard because they're still gonna be bad um but there's gonna be there's a lot more things to look forward to as the 
as the uh, pieces start getting getting put together. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you mentioned Dylan Gensler's name, and I mentioned it earlier. Probably won't play this year, um, but we'll see a decent amount of him in the preseason, which is which is I'm excited for. Um, since especially now, since I'm up here, I get to see him at training camp, and then head down to Tucson to watch him in one of the preseason games. Yeah, well, we are cheering for the Coyotes this year. Again, we want to see you guys do well. Uh, we love to see hockey thrive in non-traditional markets. Uh, plus, please, yeah, just just please, whatever you do, don't ruin another one of our seasons. I don't know if we can take it. Uh yeah. I mean, let's. I mean, you have to at least give it to give it to the Coyotes because that was their last game at Gila River. So you know, it, yeah, I, 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 you know, you have to at least give that one. But we we won't. But you know, we appreciate. It. <laughs> um, Robin, for our listeners, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, let us know where we can find your work, where we can listen to you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find the Locked On Coyotes podcast uh, everywhere you get your podcast: Apple, Google. Uh, Spotify. If you have a um, a Roku device, you can also find us on the KPNX 12 News app. Um, we're you can we're um, definitely fine. They're also on the on the 12 News mobile apps as well. Um, my, um, I myself am at Robin underscore Leano, and the Locked On Coyotes Twitter is at L O underscore Coyotes. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com. You can also listen to me and my co-host, Ann Kimmel, every weekday on the Locked on Predators Network. Exactly what Robin said. Uh, Find us wherever you get your podcast. Um, Robin, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Hope to see you more this season. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks.